0: Welcome back to BTA Charity Voices Podcast with me, Anne Hughes, and today I am delighted to be joined by Siobhan Graham, who I know as as a fundraiser, but she does so much more now, and she is the co-founder of Roots and Wings. Siobhan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having
1: me. I'm delighted
0: to be here. Yes, it's been lovely that we've just bumped into each other's lives again in the last couple of years which has been lovely hasn't it we first met we think about 13 or 14 years ago when mm-hmm. i was at anthony nolan trust and you were doing a wee bit of freelance with the team at that point but actually yeah. your charity career started a be back in 2003 at shelter so tell us what attracted you into the sector oh so
1: do you know it it actually started further back than that i had a couple of years at Action Age wow. before I went to Shelter. I am I am that old. Um. So yeah, I've been in the sector for tw- twenty five years, and it's been absolutely glorious. And Anne just Anne just asked me, "Do you still call yourself a fundraiser?" And I was like, "Damn right, I do." Ugh. Fundraising is my my first love, my first passion. I still love it just as much as I did when I started. And I love getting back into organisations and doing some gorgeous fundraising and helping them with the challenges of the moment
0: yeah as do i as do i so what brought you to the the sector in the first place do you think did you fall in by accident or was it by design
1: no by accident because again you know it wasn't really a career you know it wasn't a thing that people knew oh i want to be a fundraiser i can remember seeing So I went to the University of Sussex and I graduated in 1995 and I'm doing international relations and African studies and I saw the job at Action Aid and I thought, oh, this is right up my street, this this is going to suit me down to the ground and I had no idea what community fundraising was Mm -hmm. because I am, like Anne, a community fundraiser at heart and I saw it. I read the job description. I saw some of the traits rather than the experience required. And it was an entry level job. And I I went up to London. I went up to Archway and I interviewed for ActionAid and I I got that job. And I was community fundraising assistant for two years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And every morning I used to. um, So ActionAid at the time had local fundraising groups all over the country. And I used to take their orders for fundraising materials every morning, go to the cupboard and get out buckets and stickers and balloons and collecting tins and bundle it all up. And that was my morning every morning for two years. I used to run their schools programme to do big, big educational direct mail packs for schools and get them fundraising for ActionAid. And that was fantastic. And that's where I met my dear friend Susie Hills, who Mm -hmm. is the founder of KindFest. We did our third kind fest on Friday because it was World Kindness Day at the weekend and that's where I met her. And and I think relationships and the people that you meet along this fundraising charity sector journey are just fabulous and, and yeah maybe we'll talk a bit more
0: uh-huh. about that in a minute oh no I resonate with so much of that because if I was sort of at account the best friends I've got in the world in one hand at least two of those fingers I am in this this job <laughs> Do
1: you know? yeah mm-hmm. because we you know I think it attracts a certain kind of person although within that certain kind there is incredible diversity yeah. and there should be much 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 more mm-hmm. I think within all of us there is a reason that we choose to apply our trade in the third sector, in the charity sector, whatever yep. you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. So
0: you went from being a community fundraising assistant, <laughs> yep. yeah, yep. to yep. being actual corporate community and events <laughs> Yeah, Shelter. So I, what was
1: that move like? Do you know, I moved to Shelter and I was there a long time. I was there eight years and I changed jobs multiple times at Shelter I had at the time, and I think this was a kind of a a normal view at the time, I changed jobs every couple of years. I was like, I've got to, this is where I want to be. I want to be a director of fundraising by the time I'm 30. If you could see my face now, listeners, you'd be like, clearly she's well away from that. So I had this real like ambition, focus, you know, getting somewhere by a certain age. I now I think that's a big pile of steaming whatsapp by the way but it was what i thought at the time Mm -hmm. so i did my two years action aid and then i went to shelter and i was got a job as an officer because it was really important that i had this this linear career trajectory which you can see now i sort of you know i'm a bit horrified by but anyway um and i started doing community events and corporate at shelter and i was there eight years i worked under a fantastic leader alan goschalk and it was one of the teams that I'm most proud to have worked in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, one of the things that I did at, at Shelter is I put myself forward into positions and into project groups and into teams where I shouldn't really have been. Mm-hmm. Just by sort of stealing myself and going, I, I'd really like to get involved in that. Uh-huh. You know, enabled me and shelter and the team and the people were were really open to that. Uh-huh. And so that's where I extended my skills into corporate and I extended my skills into events. Uh-huh. So I think I think right from an early age in my career, I knew that for me, I wanted to have a real diverse range of fundraising skills. I wanted to be, you know, master of many. Yeah. Although let's let's not take a poll on whether I'm master of any. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Aye. And then that took you on to. Maggie's and then swiftly on
1: after that as well tell us about those moves yeah yeah so I went to Maggie's Cubs Caring Centres which any of our Scottish listeners will know very well is a wonderful Scottish organisation that's now all over the world and I stayed there a couple of years and then you know got got what I wanted in terms of my experience and then the most amazing job in the world came up which was to go to Comet Relief and as a as a fundraiser you know what How could you not want to go and work at comet relief mm. and it was a mater- and jobs very rarely came up at the time and I went and did a maternity cover and i and I met some great people there who I'm still in touch with, and it was incredible to be part of that machine and
0: it was a very different kind of fundraising completely different to what I'm used to and what I do now because I mean obviously as we record this comic relief is coming up because we're seeing it all the time just now and when you look at that as a fundraiser you do wonder don't you what must that be like to have the BBC at your fingertips to have everybody associated with the BBC at your fingertips I would imagine it could be a wee bit overwhelming
1: (laughs) but what was it actually like? Comet Relief was an incredible place to work. And as I say, some of my some of my dearest friends I'm still in touch with now, I met there and they are incredible fundraisers. But And Comet Relief is, is totally different for millions of reasons, but also because it's not about relationships mm. in the way that traditional. And I use that word reservedly. I don't really like saying traditional, but just to make the point the fundraising that you and I have done, and mostly in our careers is about building really strong long-term relationships, I imagine mm-hmm. and comic relief is this one moment in time. Yeah. there's this campaign and then there's a moment in time where you where this incredible, beautiful brand interacts with the uk public, and then they go away again. Uh-huh. But they don't really go away again. But that's how it feels. So it's it's very different kinds of relationships. Yeah. So that was again, you know, again, my career. I've always tried to. What am I going to learn here? What new thing I'm going to add to my bow? Yeah, and comic relief. It was just working in that in that incredible machine.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. And then from comic relief, you started to take on more of an internationalist. I've never worked. And an international charity and a mentor like yourself. I'm sure I mentor some people in, in the sector, some other women in the sector. And sometimes they're applying for jobs that are international. And I'm like, I think you should do it. I don't know very much about it. So <laughs> was that a bit as big a transition as I perhaps imagine it to be? Well, for me,
1: it was. You know, it felt a bit like, this is going to sound so cheesy, I apologise, it felt a bit like where I always wanted to be. You yeah. know, my degree and my passion was in development, development studies, and as they were called at the time, and I ended up at AMREF Health Africa, and then at Women for Women International, and we still do, as part as Roots and Wings, we work with a lot of overseas international development organisations. Um, yeah, it is different. It's... I, I, but not as different as you think, you know. Not in a, not in a way that stopped me from doing my job the way I wanted to do it. And yeah, no, I don't think it wasn't. It wasn't real, you know. It wasn't fundamentally a, a challenge. It was very different from being at Maggie's. Let yeah. me tell you. I mean, when I went into to Maggie's first, I remember I went for a role. Maggie's is a cancer charity. I went for a meeting with a very very senior. Um, with the most senior chief exec at um, a big energy company which will remain nameless and I came from Shelter, homelessness charity, and I can remember I dashed in, sat down, stood up straight and said, you know, oh right, so uh, Mr Blar, uh, how long have I got? And he went and he sat back in his chair, turned his machine off and he went, you've got as long as you want. And I thought, wow, that's the difference between working for a cancer charity and working for a homelessness charity. Uh-huh. Where at Shelter we'd be like, I get, you've got five minutes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, this is a whole different ball game. So moving to an international charity, I didn't see, you know, for me it wasn't a thing. Moving from to a cancer charity from all the other organisations I'd worked for was incredibly different. Wow. So yeah, I my last role was at was at Women for Women International. By the way, we we've, we've missed the bit about where I met Anne. Oh, so it's a bit. Have. I was a bit, because the reason why I want to tell you all this is because when I met Anne, I was holding a, a luminous green mankini in my hand and waving it around in the air and and telling them about how wonderful it was working at Comic Relief because Catherine Miles had asked me to come in and do a do a workshop as part of Your Away Day and that's when I first met Anne. And meeting Anne, if anybody hasn't met her, it's like a true, beautiful force of nature. She is <laughs> one of the most incredible, powerful women I've ever met and we've just been talking about an exciting new project which I won't spill the beans do not worry but look out world because she's coming for you again <laughs> <laughs> and
0: I'm sure that actual time that was when I was at Anthony Nolan that i yeah. did end up trying on the mankini over my clothes so I'll just say that it was over my clothes <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that was definitely was all over the clothes yeah thank you <laughs> So, yeah, so then I then I set up Roots and Wings um, uh-huh. with somebody I'd worked for at AMREF Health Africa. And then again, at Women for Women International, Lucy Scanlon, we set up Roots and Wings about a year ago because we'd always talked about it. And you know what? Sometimes you've got to put the talk into action uh-huh. because uh-huh. otherwise you'll always wonder what could have happened. And we just thought, you know what, we're going to go for it. Yeah. And it's going it's going super well. It's hard work, but it's going super well. We're proud of it. Great.
0: And see that, working with AMREF and Women for Women, and obviously they were an international charity, so that was something you've said you were passionate about. But I know that that passion also served women to be yeah. about how can I make other women's lives. So that's something that really inspires me, and I would say as part of my purpose in the world, how can I help other women through the yeah, stuff yeah. of life? Was that important to you too?
1: Absolutely. I am a feminist, And I only really discovered that I was a feminist and called myself that and started that journey when I went to Women for Women International in my sort of, you know, I think my very, very early 40s. So I'm still a super new feminist. Um, And once I'd had my eyes open to through the work that Women for Women International did, but now through my work much more broadly, you realise how different the world is for people who identify as women. And how the world is is skewed against us and the system, and then when you layer on other intersections on top of being a woman, mm-hmm. so for me, anything that I can do to support anybody that is underrepresented or that is struggling to be heard or struggling to take up the space that they should be taking, you know, I am all in, and one of the most brilliant things of working with roots and wings is that we get to pick who we work for and with. And we say one of our values is, is feminism. And we have been so lucky to work with so many women's rights organisations, not just international ones, UK-focused ones. We're doing some work with Rosa, who's a UK fund at the moment, and they are doing incredible work with women and girls groups all over the UK. Yeah, and long may it continue. Yeah. Did he- So you've chatted us
0: through that silver anniversary of a career, 25 years. Almost oh 25 <laughs> years, Siobhan. When you do, reflecting it all, what would you say has been the proudest moment of your career?
1: Do you know what? There's two things. The work I'm doing now, everything has led to that. And what's wonderful about being, doing what I'm doing now is that I get to bring back the skills that I had even forgotten that I had. Yeah. And the experience that I've forgotten that I had. Mm. And the proudest is also is reconnecting with mostly women but also men that I've worked with along the way mm-hmm. I love that and I feel so proud that people you know want to that they will say you know won helped me in this way or won gave me this advice and I think oh my goodness I can't even believe it I'm so touched mm-hmm. so I love it when people reflect back to me that I've helped them or I gave them a bit of wisdom or a bit of advice and that it made a difference to them and that people keep in touch like you Anne. it mm-hmm. made my day when you popped up about a year ago and we we reconnected and I was like because this because I follow you on social I like this amazing woman she remembers me I'm so proud of that Ah. so I love that and you talked about advice
0: there can you contemplate what was the best piece of advice that you were ever given on your career
1: I think I've been given so much good advice I've been surrounded by so many great people I think something that we talked about before we went live is what I would say to myself is stop making yourself small Mm. and take up this take up your rightful space yes you know and this this goes back to something that you and i feel passionately about women make themselves small Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't and we mustn't and we can't yeah and charities and charity leadership and third sector leadership right up at the highest level of boards and chairs of the board we need to see more women yeah we need to see more women of color we need to see more working class women and yeah, it's really important that people see themselves in the leadership of charities because we're there to serve demographics who need to be represented at the highest level. Yeah,
0: yeah, oh no, I totally agree with that. And there has been interesting stuff going on recently on Twitter and on LinkedIn about working class fundraisers. Yes, yes. And I really, I am very strongly identify as working class, even though I get that the facets of my life now probably don't make me working class. But I was raised working class. I am working class. And I think it's an important space that has to be occupied.
1: Yes, I totally agree. And, I, and I've and I also been following it too. And I, I kind of knew you would. And I feel like it's almost like, you know, we've been waiting for this. This is the last, well, not the last door to open, but it's it's a conversation that, you know, I'm really pleased that people are having. And I'm really pleased that it's not going away, that people are continuing to talk about it. Yeah. Because I mentor and work with a lot of, you know, I also identify as working class. And to your point, i I wouldn't be said to be that now,, mm-hmm. but it has affected how I work and how I've worked throughout my career, yeah you know particularly with boards, particularly mm-hmm. with trustees, particularly with senior leaders, yeah, that I make myself small and I don't you know and i have I have silenced myself and I've you know allowed myself to be silenced uh-huh. because people who were maybe more traditional trustees or leaders have told me that you know make don't be so funny, I mean, you'll get this on, don't be so funny, Siobhan. It's right. not. It's not appropriate. It's not leaderly. Shush. You know, quieten right. down. Oh. Don't be so passionate. Don't be so passionate uh-huh. as well. Don't don't be uh-huh. funny, passionate, or loud. Exactly.
0: What's oh, heartless. We've been listening to the <laughs> same people. I would
1: say on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be my advice: is to anybody who's working in our sector, take up space, use your voice, uh-huh. and you know, just just be the very best that you can be. Don't be silenced. Yeah. So. You'll have heard everybody, people listening to this will have heard that that saying about, you know, culture, each strategy for breakfast. And I kind of what what even does that even mean? But, you know, for me, the best teams that I've ever worked in are teams that are led by a strong culture and a strong value set. And they share that culture and they share that value set. And that does not mean because I've challenged myself a bit about this recently and thinking, does that mean that I liked homogenous teams? It absolutely doesn't, because the best teams that I've ever worked in, where we had the greatest impact for the people that we were there to serve, couldn't be more different as human beings. On occasion, we drive each other insane, but we would be able to get through everything and anything because we had this shared culture, this golden thread of this is why we're doing it. This is why we're here. Mm -hmm. And that in itself trumps strategy every day. Totally agree.
0: So you have worked in lots of teams, and you've been parts of lots of teams. Yeah. When you contemplate, you don't need to tell me the team because there's been so many. Now I was going to say, don't let don't me do that. No, it. I'm not going to ask you that. But what is the thing that you think does make, you know, you've talked about culture and I think yeah. team and team culture plays a huge part in that. And it can't, it can't be falsified. You can't just leave mm. it to chance. I do think you have to be intentional with it. But what is yeah. it that you think makes the a good team really, really good? What's the gold dust in that?
1: I think the gold dust is being really clear what you're all doing it for. Yeah. So, at a charity that will remain nameless, because they're all, all like my children, I can't possibly pick my favourite. So, one of the thing, one of the teams I worked in, who were incredibly successful and still are, we always knew what we were doing it for. We would bring it back to the people that we serve mm-hmm. every day, multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. And use them as our barometer, and you know, and and that's what made us incredibly strong and successful and impactful. But also, the flip side of that is, it does wear you out. It does, you know, wear you down. That level of commitment that I have asked of people and that I have been part of myself in yep. the past, yeah. I don't know whether I'd do it again. Mm. So yeah, that's a sort of, that's sort of where I am actually on that on that bit of learning. I have previously been. You know, I mean you've heard me say ambition, strategic, where I wanted to be by a certain time, boom, boom, boom. Very, very competitive, very, yeah, totally ambitious. <laughs> but I I would do it I would do things slightly differently, I think, in the in the if I could do it again. Aye. And what is But it that you comes with did... age. You well, know, that does... comes with age and
0: experience. And yeah. you've been in our careers for the same I'm twenty five years yeah. as in my career next yeah. year. And I think, like, I do feel a wee bit tired. Yeah. I, do. I do. I think that's yeah. the end of the year. It's the end of a pandemic. We've had a yeah. lot to contemplate recently, haven't we? Yes. And so yes. it does become, right, what is, the, what is the best I can do and where should I do that? Yes. What am I yes. really good at now and what am I just, like, I'm over. I've done it for 25 years and I can't possibly do it again. Yes. And having Absolutely. that self-awareness. Yes.
1: Definitely. I know some things now that I would not accept if I could do, if it happens to me again. Mm -hmm. And we've spoken about this last year. It's, I believe it's, it's fundamental. Everybody's going to go through bad stuff. That's Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a work context, you go through bad stuff. S-H-I-T happens and you learn from it and you try not to let it happen again. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Things are going to happen, but just try not to do the same thing again in the same way. Try and remember the lessons you learn and take them forward and do it differently. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have to hold myself accountable for right now. Not right now. There's no SHIT going on right now. But you know, if I find myself in situations, that I want to do things differently. Otherwise, what was it all for?
0: Thank you so much, Siobhan, for coming and sharing your career with
1: me. Thank you for inviting me, it is so wonderful to hear your gorgeous voice. Thank you.